Hello, 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 and welcome back to Let's Talk About the Facts, Season 3. And yes, it is Season 3, the real Season 3. Did we have a false start? That we did, indeed. We took a break, and that's what makes us better, stronger, and sometimes you need that break like a Kit Kat. We're not advertising for Kit Kat because they have not paid us. But we have been collecting stories and getting ready for this season for a while now, and it is finally time to let it go. So I'm your host. I'm still Elizabeth Fury. And with me today is... Nate Ruger. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Why, thank you. It's good to be back. You've been in every season now. Yay! Uh, and I'm the only one who, who's, who's done that. Yeah, well, because it's the first episode of season three. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. That would do it. That does, you know, put a damper on I things. win! You're the first one. <laughs> To have been in every single season. (laughs) Well, so we're going to kick off this season with updates. Okay. So we started out with a couple of cases that had potential for update because one of them, in the week that I had started recording, we'd done all the prep, we had done all the work, there was an update that week. It was... Oh, wow. Bananas. And so we're going to start with that update and then... In the time from having recorded the episode and to now, there has been movement, major movement. Oh my gosh. So like every time you would like, okay, I'm going to write this down. Oh, there's an update. Okay, I'm going to record this little bit. There's another update. Oh God. It well, just... sort of. <laughs> you will hear here first. Hear, 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 hear. Well, maybe not first, but you'll hear. Best. Man, you're putting a lot of pressure on this. Well, you're going <laughs> to hear now from me. Two updates on some of our first cases. So let's go with our first update in this episode, but not our first case. We did a story on Jam Master J, the murder Mm. of Jam Master J. And if you remember back, I did not present this case. Our music historian, Francois the Great from Luminary Sounds did, and was fantastic. Mm. Uh, If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Yeah, he was so great. And check out their podcast, by the way. They do a lot of musical endeavors. They're incredible pioneers of new artists and sounds. Quite luminary, if you will. But Francois came on and told me the story of Jam Master J's career, death, and like basically the legacy he's left on the music industry. And... So I'm going to do my absolute best to give you a brief summary. On For the that. long summary, listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty intense one. But a brief summary, so you don't have to go back if you've already heard it before. So to the story of Jam Master J. October 30th, 2002. We have run DMC's legendary G- DJ, Jason Mizell, also known Jam Master J., He enters a recording studio in Jamaica, Queens. He's there to help a group on his record label called Rusty Waters prep for a tour. So his business partner, Randy Allen, and two others are in the recording studio when he and his friend, Tony Rincon, arrive to find two men with the receptionist at gunpoint. Oh, my goodness. So Jay is shot and killed, and Tony is shot in the leg. Jay was killed by two shots to the head. So the receptionist, Lydia High, 
identifies the man who held her at gunpoint as Ronald Washington, I believe that came out in 2020, as a friend of Jay's and describes the man who fired the shots as having a tattoo on his neck. So police don't act on this information until five years later, 2007, when Ray calls attention to it on an MTV broadcast. Oh my gosh. Ultimately, Washington and a friend's son, Carl Jordan Jr., are indicted for murder while engaged in narcotics trafficking. Authorities suggest that they and Jay were involved in a cocaine deal and killed Jay in retaliation for backing out. Oof. So, at the time of the recording in 2020 that we did, indictments were made on the then 18-year-old cold case. So, it's been 20 years now. Yeah. So... That's the allegation. I don't know about the cocaine deal. I think that that's a stretch considering what we know of Jay. But Mm -hmm. also, it's 2002. Who knows? I don't want to make any judgments on his personal life. Yeah. Even if it was, who cares? Don't kill people. Yeah. It's a simple thing. Yeah. So here's our new information. So as of February of 2022, as in a few months ago... The jury selection for Washington and Jordan's murder trials... Oh my gosh, 20 years later. Yes. ...was expected to begin in September this year. <sighs> However, this April, Jordan's attorneys filed a motion to dismiss his murder charges on the grounds that authorities waited too long to indict him. But as we know, there was no statute of limitations on murder. No, no, it did. it's... yeah. So, alternatively... The attorneys are trying to separate them, try them separate, so Washington could be cross-examined by Jordan's lawyer. So, okay, in May of 2022, Vibe.com reported that federal prosecutors have accused both defendants of attempted witness intimidation, which, again, really? this makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It's also I just mean, like... what's going on right now? What the heck? Yeah. Not with this case, but just in general. No, just in general. Just, yeah. just, yeah, yeah. Granted, we are recording this a few weeks before it actually airs, so who knows what's going yeah. on with we'll, the uh, we'll hearings. Find out. Yeah, there may be more updates. <laughs> the trial may, be, may begin as soon as February of 2023, with all hip-hop reporting that a jailhouse informant may take the stand. Goodness. So, very intriguing stuff. We're yeah. hoping for February 2023 to give us more movement on this 20-year cold case. Goodness gracious. I am nervous to be the one covering it. I don't know if I will. Yeah. I most yeah. likely will guide you listeners to someone who is going to cover it better than I am with more confidence. Yeah. Uh, crazy stuff, though. I did not expect when I chose... Jam Master J, that there would be movement, but it yeah. is delightful that there is, and we may have a solved case. We that's, didn't do anything fantastic. to solve it. Oh, we goodness, are, no, no. No, I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that his case was unsolved. Yeah, and, and especially since, like, the fact that the police did not do anything until there is a publicized interview talking about it that had people calling and going, hey, aren't you guys in charge of this thing? Shouldn't you be doing something about it? And it's always, you know, Biggie Smalls or Tupac that gets covered. And I feel like Jam Master Jay doesn't mm. as much as they yeah. do. Not to say that they shouldn't be covered. They should. But there are many musical murders that have happened. Yep. That don't have a resolution. 
This yeah. one always bugged me because I do remember. I remember when it happened. Oh wow! It was two thousand two. Yeah, no, I I was around in two thousand two. I I was not. Uh, you were busy. I, I was graduating, going to college, and and being the kind of person who doesn't listen to anything. The news was not on in your household. No, not really. No. Yeah, it was a crazy time. So that is the update for Jam Master Day as of now. So wow. Keep your eyes out. Yeah, just justice is coming. It's coming slowly. It's on its way. Yeah, whoever said justice was swift did Goodness. not anticipate today. <laughs> I'm just Good. saying. Justice is swift. Asterisk, see terms and conditions. <laughs> so our second case, we are actually going to give an update on our very first case that we covered. Ooh. Which was painful for me to listen to because I was so nervous when I did this one. Aww. But it was so hard for me to do as... This was a case, I think, that really did get me obsessed with solving unsolved cases. This was the case that baby Elizabeth was like, this is my passion. I I literally got to talk about this I was a baby when it happened. There you go. Um, In addition to, like, you know, JonBenet Ramsey, which we covered. Yeah. And things like that. We're going to actually update you on what's going on with the Morgan Nick disappearance. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, there's been movement. It's really? Oh, my gosh. That's bananas. Fantastic. That's So, well. <laughs> so, so how many years is that roughly? How many decades? 27. 27 years since, since that abduction. Yes. Wow. So, I mean, there are other abductions that are similar to her. I believe uh, Mikkel Biggs is one of them in Arizona. There are several, and I do hesitate to do crimes against children. It is a hard topic yeah. to talk about. And to talk about, to listen to, to research. Yeah, I've only, I believe we've only done, counting Morgan Nick, four. It's Morgan Nick, John Bonet. Um, we did the West Memphis Three, and oh, we did Milk Carton Kids. That was That's it. right. Yeah, yeah what push forward milk curtain goods but i select each case based on why these have been pivotal and this one i obviously chose because it personally affected me and um they're so difficult to get into and why it was so hard for me to even do an update on it was getting back into that information yeah it's just difficult and heavy but it is important to say hey guess what we have more so back in our first episode there had been two people who were deceased that were commonly thought to have something to do with her disappearance oh, do, do you have a, a, a tiny quick recap before we get into that's or, what I was about to say I'm sorry I was like however I probably should tell you <laughs> A little bit. (laughs) I mean, if I was going to recap the other, I should probably recap this one. Yep. Yep. Even though the recap is much shorter. So it was our very first episode of the show. If you want to get the in-depth recap. Wait. The in-depth story. Yeah. Can't recap what you're currently capping. Um, No cap. (laughs) It is the disappearance of Morgan Nick. And I had chosen the episode because, again, remember it. And more so the fallout. Uh, It was such a big deal because it, like Amber Hagerman, which led to the Amber Alert, it led to so much in child protection. So cases like this, it led to a lot of stranger danger, which I have said on here, and many people do say, that it 
it is a hard thing to grasp that Stranger Danger actually did more harm than good. Yeah, especially when you're just bringing up, oh my gosh, this case of a child being abducted, it's been 27 years, and now we finally have an update in the case. It, it, it instantly, like, hits that universal urge of, oh no, what do we do to protect children? And right. We both grew up in Stranger Danger, and it was very much mm-hmm. this idea of, like... More so myself than you, too, because it yeah. got... Like, triple, triple. Yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, the, the neighborhood watch signs. Like, that. That's, yeah. that's who you imagine is coming after you. Like, some shifty eyes and a trench coat and a Giving and a out hat. free drugs. You're like, hey, kids, come over here. I got uh, drugs and candy and hop in my van. And, yeah. like, when, nine times out of ten, it's someone that the kid knows. It's someone yeah, it's in someone the family. it's someone in your circle. It is statistically proven. It is someone that runs in the child's, like circle of acquaintances they know them they're acquainted with them and so what stranger danger did was kind of insulate abusers yeah from being reported because it's like you can trust the adults you know and not the ones you don't not to say that you know kids should go out and Hey. No, goodness, no. But think, it was used against, like, uh, that, that was the kind of language abusers would use to be like, yeah. th- this is, what I'm doing is normal, which they're not. Yeah. But the the real crazies are out there. No, like, the, the right. real crazies are calling from inside the house. Yeah, that's, I literally wrote that down. Oh. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. and But we had cases like this one specifically where it was a true stranger abduction. Yeah. And that is, I think, the scariest thing. If it happens to an adult, happens to a child. It doesn't, honestly, any person, when it comes to a true stranger event, it is terrifying because there is no way to track that. It's gotten better as, you know, time has gone on. But going backward, it's near impossible. So here's what happened. All right. Oh, it would help if I turn the page. Here's what happened. June 9th, 1995. Morgan Nick, age six, asks her mom if she can play with her friends in the parking lot outside of a Little League game in Alma, Arkansas. They were not from Alma. They were from a nearby town, but they had come to see the Little League game. Morgan is not an only child. She did have siblings. And after the game, her friends return and tell Morgan's mother, Colleen, that Morgan was by the car knocking sand out of her shoes before heading back. That was the last time anyone saw Morgan. Oh, That's it. That's the story. They were catching fireflies out in the parking lot during a Little League game with her friends. She stops to knock sand out of her shoes. As the game's ending, Colleen can't find her. That's awful. And so the best... Every descri- parent's worst it nightmare. Is. You just look over your shoulder and where are they? It's the same... Well, similar story to the Mikhail Biggs story. Yep. To met, there are many stories where it was like ninety seconds. Yeah. And nothing, right? So the best description of a vehicle that may have been involved was a red Ford pickup with a white camper that seemed a bit too short, hmm. and it was seen in the parking lot, allegedly driven by a man watching the kids play. Oof. So two composite sketches were drawn of a man who was described as white in his 20s or 30s, about six feet tall, medium build, with a mustache and short beard. Two attempted abductions of young girls were reported on the same weekend in Alma and in Fort Smith, which is the border town between Oklahoma and Arkansas. It's like along the same highway. Yeah. Um, They were committed by suspects resembling those composite sketches 
but no actionable information was available. Yeah. Like, uh, you... Gosh. So... Maybe nowadays, maybe if you ran through everyone's, like, you know, cell phone footage of the, you know, watching their kids play Little League, maybe you could piece something together. But, Uh, like, then... I no, think like, even now, because you would, there would have been people in the parking lot to notice. Yeah. And people would have been hired at a higher alert. I don't think oh, if goodness. it were now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that this was like. There a, would have uh, been a parent out there with the kids. No, because like, yeah, uh, you're saying that like I, you had Stranger Danger far worse. And I definitely agree that like, I remember. I grew up in the South. People watching yeah. uh, Stranger Things and going like, how are these kids allowed to just bike to school and walk around? And it was just like. Oh yeah, I I remember starting to get into like video games in the '80s, and my parents were just pissed off that I wouldn't just go outside and play with the neighbors' kids, and they wouldn't know necessarily who the neighbors' kids were, who the neighbors were, mm-hmm. because that's how they were raised. Just kids go outside and play, and they come home when you go dinner, and that's that's yeah. it. That's fine. Whereas, like, I remember the few years I rode the bus to school, my dad stood at the bus stop with me, and would not. He would leave for work after I got on the bus. Yeah. And I think back now, I always wondered why he did that. And I think back now, oh, <laughs> I know why. <laughs> and I, yeah. there were not um, as many parents that did that for their kids then at the, this would have been the mid 90s. Yeah. Well, late, I would say later 90s, actually, because I stopped riding the bus. Because I went to school that didn't have a busing service. Um, It was becoming more frequent towards the end of the 90s that parents would either stand out there or there would be some adult. Mm -hmm. Kids had less responsibility because they weren't really allowed to do... I should say we we weren't allowed that kind of freedom anymore. And Mm -mm. we were kind of getting confused because at first we did and then we didn't. Like, I could go play... In certain areas, but if I went somewhere else, I'd get in trouble and, like, the cognitive dissonance would kick in. I was like, but I used to be able to do that. Why can't I go now, you know? And, um, but now looking back, I'm like, I know why. Yeah. (laughs) I know why. (laughs) And that's the other thing to note I thought would be kind of morbidly funny. Arkansas has never been safe. Arkansas always clocks in at the uh, not safe place. The not hmm. safe state. People say, this has always been a safe neighborhood. We never locked our doors. And it's like the 80s and 90s. I'm like, what the fuck did you expect? Yeah. Like, what did you expect? Yeah. What? You didn't lock your doors? Were they there for decoration? And I'm like, what do you expect when you say that sentence? I don't get it. But irrelevant of this case completely. Yeah. I don't feel like the situation was one of those... That, you know, people were acting unsafe. But the state itself has never clocked in to be like, oh, this is a safe place to live. We never expected things to happen here. And for once, the police actually acted correctly. They did the... They were there. They were on time. They got to it. There just wasn't any evidence. But what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Just no one saw a person. They just saw a shifty vehicle that may have and been. And that left. That was that, no longer there. That was there that night, but not the next night. It's like, okay, that's. Not even that. It was mm. just not there anymore. By the time they got there, like, what, five, six oh, minutes later? Okay. Yeah. That's. that. That is the best evidence you could possibly have. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. But that's pre- it. And you can't prepare for every single event in every single situation. No. 
truly impossible. And this situation was an impossible situation. This is a situation that you you pray that you never have to deal with. Yeah. But because certain types of people exist in the world. Monsters. Truly. And so here's, since our episode on Morgan Nick's disappearance aired, new developments have come to light. Woo! So, part of a documentary on the case was released early this year in Northwest Arkansas. Right? Nice. And it featured an actual photograph of the red truck with the white camper I did not know existed. If I did, it evaporated from my brain and I forgot. Alma police have renewed their search for the truck and its driver. The search has been extended to the nearby states as well. We already knew that from the previous episode. I did mention things that happened in 2017. All of that. Go back and listen. It's a, it's fruitless searches, but they happened. Yeah. Um, and we'd identified two people who might have been connected that were convicted of other related charges of crimes against children. However... They were not on the list. Yeah. Persons of interest, but like nope. nothing to book them. They were not persons of interest. Oh, not even person of interest. Okay. No person of interest has ever been named. Oh, wow. Until, in association with this new development, the FBI is seeking information on the first person of interest named Whoa. in this case. His name is Billy Jack Links. Billy Jack Links. Look out. L-I-N-C-K-S. Well... Billy Jack Links died in 2000. Oh, well, there you go. That is a mere five years after the abduction. So while serving a prison sentence for sexual indecency with a minor. That that would make them a person of interest in this case. But in 1995, he was out on probation on the similar 1992 charge and attempted to abduct another girl eight miles away in Van Buren, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so... While this request for information was made public in November of 2021, a February 2022 report on KARK.com indicates that Lynx has been on investigators' radar for some time. In August of 1995, two months after Morgan Nick disappeared, Billy Jack Lynx was arrested for sexual solicitation of a child in the Van Buren incident. At the time of this arrest... Lynx was interviewed by the Arkansas State Police and the FBI and his red Chevy pickup truck. Oh, my gosh. Which he sometimes used a white camper on contained a machete, rope, hairs and blood. This evidence was analyzed in connection with a case other than the one in Van Buren. But as yet, it is unknown whether the evidence was preserved and what agency is in possession of it. Goodness gracious. So what what year was was, this was 95? 1995. Where where were we in its infancy? And also on top of it, like that's that's like broadband 56.K AOL kind of stuff. (laughs) Maybe. So like I'm just imagining like. Today, with our level of technology, just being like, hey, why why aren't these people talking? Why isn't this in a database? Why aren't these things? And just like... There wasn't one. There wasn't one. It was literally picking up the phone and being like, hey, have you booked anyone with the with yeah. this kind of car? And, and go, oh, hold on. No, nah, I can't remember. And this is... Uh, and then forgetting Arkansas. that they ever called. Oh, gosh. This is Arkansas, where, yeah. like, jurisdiction... Like, was, you know, a pissing contest. And also, yeah, on top of it, like, we're talking about this now with 2020 hindsight going, oh my gosh, why couldn't they have caught this? But, like, could you imagine at any 
point, any like junior officer picking up the phone, like, hey, have you booked a guy with a, a red pickup? And was like, oh, that really narrows it down in Arkansas. A red truck, really? A yeah. truck in general yeah. could be red. Mm-hmm. Who the, I'm sorry, his name might be what? Billy? Let me get the 30,000 people in Arkansas named Billy. Who own a truck. Is he a male or a female? That's actually a gender neutral name. (laughs) That's right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Uh, like, you know what? We might make fun of the police here, but that one, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to let it slide. Oh, gosh. Because, and then jurisdictional pissing contest. It's a thing. Yeah, but it feels like the point in the movie where you see, like, the oh, yeah. guy walking past the officers, they're investigating the case, like, in the same building, and or it's, it's like, just not happening. It's like when he drops the file, and the one pivotal piece of paper slips under the desk. Yeah, and it just stays there for 27 years or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, the one thing is, Billy Jack's links was one old asshole at the time. Really? He's okay. old. And he does not look like the composites, and he does not look like the descriptions. Hmm. Well, in my opinion, he did not. Like, I looked at his 2000 picture. He does not look like the composite drawn. Because they remember they said it was some guy in his 30s. Billy Jack Lynx looks like he's in his 130s. There's a bit of a difference there. Yeah. That's my opinion. I'm also kind of an asshole, too. So, hmm. But (laughs) who's to say they didn't dye his hair? And in prison, it... Faded to white. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like the those. I, I remember growing up with the pictures of the Unabomber and just like, I think anyone with a hoodie and enormous glasses and oh, yeah. can pretend that they're the Unabomber. So it's I just mean, like, I probably could pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Robot made that a thing. Like, yeah. you know, anyone could pull that look. So that is the one thing that might be a bit odd. Perhaps there's an accomplice involved. Perhaps not. Who's to say? We did mention two individuals in the previous Morgan Nick episode who were convicted pedophiles who yep. had means and opportunity at the time, but yep. they don't seem to be on the radar. And those were people that um, I wouldn't say listeners or fans because they are not. Yeah. Uh, that That's not what I would describe it, but I would say um, maybe web sleuths would be a word, even though they may not be associated with web sleuths, the item. Followers. Interested people. Interested, interested parties. Interested parties. There you go. Uh, identified as having the same M.O. Mm. would be it. But you know what? If they haven't taken them seriously or they took them seriously and marked them off, they don't seem to be on law enforcement's radar. Uh, I know I'm hoping that something happens to give Morgan's mother, Colleen, and her family Closure. Yes. Yeah. Because it's twenty-seven fucking years, dude. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Like twenty-seven if, years. If you want to hear about this again, you just want to be like, hey, we have definitive proof that this particular human being is rotting in hell, uh, and this person, yeah, it just. Or that we have like you know closure. He, yeah. We know the end of the story, and it has happened. It's happened. Um, there is a case that I know ended where they found remains which i hope Mm -hmm. is not the end of this case but of course not yeah they did find the remains after 35 years i think yeah and that's uh, that's honestly what like you were saying at the beginning what's so hard about these cases is like part of you wants to believe that 
you don't know what, and anyone can go through any kind of trauma and come out the other end, different people, yeah. that you hope that they have somehow escaped, run out with their life. Maybe they were they went through so much trauma, they don't remember how to get back home or who they were, and yeah. they went on to live a wonderful, beautiful life. And they just, they're not around to like, hey, by the way, I was horribly abducted. Please surround me with news yeah. media to talk to me about this for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what we all hope, but like, that that's the terrifying thing. Is the, And the end of the story is... We'll never know, which just yeah, rattles not, our brains. The not knowing part, I, I hate that for them. And I yeah. really do wish that there was a conclusion. But if anyone has information regarding Billy Jacklings or the disappearance of Morgan Nick, please contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. It's a thing. Once again, folks, that's 1-800-CALL-FBI. Could not be easier to remember. <laughs> Who do you call to call FBI? 1-800-CALL-FBI. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Helpful. It's easier than JG went with. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate myself for that. So those are our two updates. Yay! They're not closures, but most of our case aren't. They never yeah. really do have satisfying ends. That's why we're interested. We want to know more. What yeah. happens next? And I never actually expected them to have movement. No, goodness um, no, because it's been decades since. Yeah, decades. Yeah. When I initially chose them, but all of a sudden, something's like, wham! And with Jam Master Jay, we actually might have closure yeah. 20 years later, 20 yeah. plus years later. I don't think it's too late to finally close the book and let his legacy live on. And I hope Morgan's able to go home in whatever way she can. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a very sad episode, and I wish I could, like, swing this to be more upbeat. Like we usually are. But it's a waiting game. We have information. Always. But we're not there yet. 20 and 27 years have been a long time. But I know both individuals have people who haven't given up hope. And we haven't given up hope. Mm-mm. I believe that's enough. So thanks for joining us today. This has been Let's Talk About the Facts. I'm Elizabeth Fury. I am Nate Ruger. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at... Talk About Facts, that's T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S. And, yeah, find us on social media. You're a good follow. Do it. Do it. Tell us something that we didn't already know. Or attempt to. It'd be really funny. Alrighty. We'll see you next time.